Hello, hello, everyone. Heidi O'Brien here, the host of Lifelong Podcast. Thank you, as always, for being here and tuning in to this 72nd episode of Lifelong Podcast. Before you know it, we will be at our 100th episode, and with that, I'm getting so excited. The show is all about non-toxic living and longevity, and today is a really unique episode. It's something I've never done before. And I decided to bring my producer onto the show. So my producer is incredible. She's an audio engineer professionally, and she's also super passionate about wellness and non-toxic living, making her just the perfect fit for my show. And you've probably seen her on my Instagram once before. I posted a photo with her a couple months back. Her name is Ari Romero. And today, like I said, she's coming onto the show, camera facing, microphone facing, stepping to the other side. You know, she's usually used to listening and editing and and all the things. So I thought it'd be super exciting to bring her to the other side and truly just have a conversation as friends, as wellness enthusiasts, and just to see where the conversation went. Ari's story is also a really touching one. She struggled with an eating disorder and she had to find recovery all by herself with limited support and resources being someone who moved here from Peru. So in this episode, we talk about Ari's recovery from her eating disorder and then we really dive into finding balance within non-toxic living, especially as a young adult. Ari is only 23 years old. And she lives and embraces this non-toxic lifestyle, which she shares that it can be isolating at some times, but she shares so many different solutions and words of encouragement to you and the audience listening who also sometimes feel feels like you're alone. So with that, please join me in welcoming my wonderful producer, Ari Romero. Hello, Ari. Hi. It's so weird having you on the other end of the podcast today. I know. And it's going to be so weird to like edit myself. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. I know that feeling because when I first started the podcast as I was editing my own episodes and it's a weird thing to listen to your own voice and edit it, but I know that you'll have fun with it and you're the best producer ever. I'm so excited to have you here today. Not only are you my podcast producer, but also you're a good friend and you're super passionate about wellness and non-toxic living. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience and also share a little bit about your story and I guess the what brings you into the wellness and non-toxic living space? Yeah, sure. So I'm Ari and I'm originally from Peru, but I live in LA So a little bit more about me. I'm super into health and wellness. I am a podcast producer and I produce Heidi's podcast. So I got into wellness three years ago and it started because I had an eating disorder. I don't really openly talk about this because it was probably like the worst years of my life. It was super hard for me to recover and to go through all of that by myself. It all happened because of a breakup, I stopped eating, lost a lot of weight, lost my period, just a bunch of health issues and 
trying to recover it was also so hard because i was like constantly like being dismissed by doctors they were trying to put me in birth control a bunch of weird diets and just a lot of stuff that by then i was already getting into the wellness world and trying to heal more holistically but it was hard to go to doctors and for them to tell me the only way you're gonna heal is if you take birth control or this pill and i was just like i'm not gonna do this so i went into, into like all this journey to heal myself, it was not only just, okay, gain weight. It was also healing my mindset, healing my relationship with food, lowering down my stress, switching to lower impact workouts, more Pilates, more long walks, rather than like cardio workouts. Also journaling and meditating, just being more intentional with my life. Slowing down was huge for me. And I am a person that when I sit, set my mind into something, I'll do everything to make it work. And I believed so much in the power of healing holistically rather than like taking the easy route. So yeah, it took me a while to get to a place I'm at and how I feel now. I feel healthy. My mind is healthy, which is always like super important. And yeah, that's how I got into wellness. When you were really struggling with your health and with the eating disorder and you're having doctors dismiss you and maybe the solutions they want to push onto you are pills and medication and wacky diets that don't make any sense. Did you just intrinsically know that you needed to do something else? So I'm just wondering, like, how did you know that there were other solutions? How did you know that you needed to get your mindset right? I've been on birth control before and I know how it made me feel and how it ruined my health. And once I got out of it, the difference between how I felt before and after, I knew that that was just like not an option for me, birth control. I knew that there was a holistic way of healing Obviously, I had to gain weight because my body was not working because I was extremely underweight. But I knew that was not just, okay, gain weight and that's it. No, it's, it also came from I need to heal my relationship with food because I was obsessed with working out, hitting like a certain amount of steps and I would work out like four times a day and stuff like that because I was just sick. That was not going to get fixed with a pill. That was not going to get fixed by any medication, like any of that. That was the thing I had to do for myself. And the only person who could fix it was me. That's incredible. And I admire you so much for having that within you because it's not the easy route. That's, in fact, the yeah. much harder route to go. But it's the route that pays off in the long run because now look at you, you're healthy, you are thriving, and you are just filled with all of this knowledge. And you can help people. You can talk to people about your experience and connect yeah. with people. And when it comes to that connection component, it sounds like that was really important for you in your healing journey, especially being from Peru and you're in the United States like yeah. there's so many different variables going on that make it a little bit more challenging for you to maybe find community for example your family's back in Peru and you can't just run over to your parents house for dinner like you have to take those extra yeah. steps to finding that community and nurturing new relationships so how did you go about finding 
people to get in your corner and to support you. I know, and I'm asking that question because I know that craving community, they're yeah. craving connection. Yeah, it's not easy, especially coming from another country. For me to find community, it took me so long. And for the last three years, I was by myself. Yes, I could have going out friends, but not like a real friendships. I think what helped me was, first of all, when I moved to LA, it was easier for me to find a community because there's a lot of like-minded people, something that I didn't find in Chicago, apart from like you or Mishy. It's hard to find um, here. <laughs> it, it's hard, and especially people my age, because people my age, like 23 year olds, are usually into all their stuff. Like mm -hmm. they're partying every single weekend, and that's just like not the thing that I want for me. And by any means, I'm saying that going out is bad. I never go out. That's not true at all because I sometimes go out, but it's not something that I prioritize. I like having friends who I can go on a hike with, get some healthy food, like something like that, not just like getting drinks or because it's just not me. And also like Instagram. I have people that I haven't even met in person but it makes me feel less alone. It's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes you just have to reach out to people. If you find someone that you, in, online that you think is like-minded, I just message them like, hey, like, how are you? Like, I love your content, whatever. And then we end up being friends. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just have to put yourself out there. Yeah, it is definitely a trickier age range to be in. I'm a few years older than you. I'm 27 and I still find that a lot of the people that I connect with, they generally are like five plus years older than me, which I'm fine with. Yeah. But I am eager to see younger people getting more interested in this. And to your point, it's tricky because a lot of 20 somethings are more concerned with going to the bar and partying and doing other things. But I am going to ask you something personal because you came with me on my bachelorette trip last month and everyone here knows, yep. or if they listen to my bachelorette recap episode, I did drink on my bachelorette, which is not something I do really ever. I rarely drink, but I felt like drinking. Long story short, you thrived without drinking and we were yes. out partying late we were at bars and I know that you do this not only on my bachelorette but you're posting sometimes when you're out at bars or I think maybe even correct me if I'm wrong even at a club where you're not drinking and you're still having fun what is your advice for doing that it's definitely changing your mindset and like drinking equals fun because yes it can equal fun but you can also go out sober completely sober and have the best time of your life two years ago i wouldn't have thought that i could go out and not have a single drink and still have like literally the best night of my life because it's hard especially if you're like going out with people my age they're all gonna pressure you i've gotten like people like oh you're so boring why are you not drinking yeah I'm always in tune with how I'm feeling or how something is going to make me feel. And I know how alcohol makes me feel. And once in a while, it's fine. It's not that I never drink and here and there I'll have some drinks. But the fact, the fact that I know that whenever I drink, I wake up feeling extremely bad, extremely tired. My day gets cut off completely. That's just like not worth it for me. And 
I came to the realization that I don't need alcohol to, to have fun. And if I feel like drinking, I will. And if I don't drink, then doesn't matter. I don't really care what people think about me for not drinking. Something I've realized too is that your friends, like they, maybe not some new friends or acquaintances, but like your true friends, your friends that you've been friends with the longest or the friends that know you the best, like they're not the ones that are going to be like pressuring you to drink. Like my friends all know me at this point. And when I decide, oh my God, I feel like getting drunk or I feel like having a drink, they're like, oh my God, let's go. Like this is so out of the ordinary. Like it's just an added bonus for them in a way, but it's like never an issue. Mm -hmm. But I know what you mean because I have had those scenarios where people maybe are like, oh, why is she not drinking? Like she's no fun or she's just like a fun sucker and whatever. And you know what it really is? It's people's own insecurity with their drinking. It's with new people. Yeah. For sure. It's just with new people because it's not normalized. It's not normalized not drinking. I don't know why. Yeah. People think it's weird. People my age is just like, why are you not drinking? Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? I'm like, it's normal. It's normal. It should be normal. Yeah. And I did the episode, as you know, with host by Tori Winders and she offers the best perspective on all this so I definitely want us to link that yes in the show notes about this kind of sober curiosity or as she calls it the zero proof forward mindset or lifestyle and when you've made these lifestyle changes besides like the food and mindset but to to your point of what you just mentioned like the makeup the cleaning products I'm curious have you noticed the people you're closest to without you even saying, hey, try this product. Hey, you need to use this product. Without you even saying that, have you noticed them get curious? Yeah, no, 100%. My best friend, I wouldn't even tell her because I knew that she was not interested. But like, it just naturally got to a point where she was always asking like, oh, hey, what is this? Like, I like this. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a non-toxic blush. I don't know, whatever. Like, it's actually better for you. Like, I don't know, I would explain her. Mm -hmm. Or even my ex, he just got into all the non-toxic products and stuff like that. And now that we're not together, like he still sends me like, hey, like I bought this. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the most hopeful part of all of this is, Maybe when you're going at it and buying your natural fiber rug or your non-toxic cleaner or your non-toxic makeup products, maybe it's not the mainstream thing to do right now. But what's so hopeful is that just by us as individuals making those changes, it becomes the most, I say this all the time, it becomes the most beautiful snowball effect because we start feeling better. Our friends and family notice that we're feeling better. So they're curious. So then they start feeling better. And then it's like this trickle down effect that is so encouraging. And for the audience listening, I just want people to really take that in for a second, because I know how isolating and scary this lifestyle can be. But know that you are doing everything correctly. You are on the right path. The fact that you're even here listening right now is major and there's going to be the biggest I honestly think that the non-toxic movement is just getting started and in five years this is going to be so commonplace and how cool is it that people listening in right now are ahead of the curve 
I want to shift gears a little bit. You recently literally probably just got back from Spain and you've mentioned how Spain was the place where you really were able to recover and being able to go back there. It holds such a special place in your heart. The thing that I love about Europe in general is their standards for healthy living and for food and for products. There's so many more regulations there. There's less pesticide use. There's less toxins and personal care products. It's way healthier over there. Can you share a little bit, because you lived there for a while, a couple years ago, and because you were just there literally last week, can you share a bit about the differences between the U.S. and Europe when it comes to toxins? Every time I'm in the U.S., I feel so worried about every single thing that I'm putting in my body. I don't want to say I'm scared, but I'm just like, okay, like I have to buy everything organic because I know all these things with pesticides and glyphosate. I don't want that in my body. If I go out to a restaurant, seed oils, I have to be like super like conscious about stuff, which again, it's always good to have balance. I can't be like scared Mm -hmm. to live Mm -hmm. or to go out to eat or stuff like that. I just have to be super conscious about all my choices. When I'm in the US, I eat gluten and I get rashes. I literally get like an allergy. Mm. And now that I was in Europe, I was fine. I ate dairy, I ate gluten. So that's when you know that obviously like we live in a country where like most of the things that should be regulated are not. And we're like, we're just being exposed to bad quality food. In Europe, the baseline is healthy. Whereas the, at least yeah. when you go out to eat, whereas the baseline when you go out to eat in the States is questionable. Extreme use of seed oils and the factory farmed meats and the pesticide ridden produce Again, this is not to fear monger in any way, shape, or form. I think most of the audience here listening falls into that category of very health-conscious individuals yeah. who are already making those good decisions. And, and, it's, and it's not that it's a bad decision to go to a restaurant. I go out to eat all the time, not to the level where I'm like getting food delivered every day or whatever, but I like to go out to eat a couple times a week and I don't want my life to be consumed by fear. And I think it's, and this is like what you were saying earlier, finding that balance is so important. But I think one of the problems is that people use the word balance as an excuse to just get away with eating the junk food. No, but that's literally, that's my view. We live in a toxic world. Not even what we're doing is perfect. I have control over like my decisions, but I'm not the only person in the world. There's people that are just like not educated with all of this non-toxic living lifestyle like us. So I leave like room for that. Something that I wanted to point out when traveling, because it's something that it took me a while to learn. It's more of traveling and not thinking about 24-7 about what's in my food. Am I eating the right thing? Is there any seed oil here? Yes, obviously, we talked about this yesterday. I am grossed out by seed oils. That's just something that I'm like, ew, mm-hmm. I don't want that in my body. Gasoline. But again, if I travel, I, I know I'm going to be exposed to stuff. Right. I can't be that perfect. Plus, I want to try new stuff. Traveling has always been a way to heal for me. 
I found that I'm able to lose control over my food. And this is definitely something that I struggled with. By being able to be in a different place and get out of my routine it helped me so much with getting to a point where I had food freedom. I'm already super good with eating at home. When I travel, I can't be like, okay, does this have canola oil? Is this pasture raised? Is this grass fed? If I'm going to travel, I know that I'm not going to be eating perfectly. Absolutely. If I'm going to travel, which I do want to travel, if I'm going to leave during my workday to go out and about, or if I want to go over to a friend's house, I'm going to do that. And I don't want my life to become oh my God, I'm going to be exposed to this air freshener in the Uber on the way to my friend's house. And then I'm going to smell the mold in her apartment and I'm going to get exposed to mold, just the world we live in. But we can't be okay with it. It's almost like if you can make those decisions 90% of the time and then be okay with the 10% of the exposures that you get just getting outside of your home, that's okay. Being that obsessed with like, Living a perfect, non-toxic lifestyle just creates stress. And stress, and you've said it in the podcast before, like stress is also a toxin. I know what stress has done to my life, even like losing my period. I broke up with my boyfriend a month ago. And before that breakup, I was like in a super stressful month. And I know how my health reacted to that. Like, my hormones got like extremely messed up, my period, like just a lot of stuff. So I know what stress does to me. So being obsessed with this lifestyle, is also going to create stress in me. And I don't want that. I also want to enjoy. I also want to go out to a restaurant. And yes, maybe they cook the food in canola oil. But what am I going to do? You know something else? And I've mentioned this in a couple other podcast episodes because I've, I've done a few episodes talking about finding that balance while traveling and figuring out what balance really means in non-toxic living. This, I think it was the episode with Sophia Ruan Gushi, and she talked about joy and not forgetting how healthy joy is. And if we're going to get to the point where we get so stressed out, so obsessed, where all joy is out the window, then what's the point? What's the point of the lifestyle? What's the point of making all these decisions for a, a long, healthy life if, if you're just stressed all the time and if you're obsessed all the time? And that's not to say that living this lifestyle is stressful or obsessive. It's not. I, I live and breathe this lifestyle and I love it, but it's taken yes. me time to get to the point of being comfortable with these different exposures and being comfortable with not being perfect. As a recovering perfectionist, it wasn't easy. And I think I'm finally to the point where, okay, 90% of the time I'm making really conscious choices. I think maybe that's the word we'll use so we don't say good or bad or whatever. And the 10%, it's kind of life. And if I'm having fun going out with friends and having a dinner that probably is still relatively healthy, but maybe it was cooked in canola oil which sucks. Canola sucks. Don't get me wrong. How <laughs> healthy is it to be around the table with your friends, connecting, laughing, like yes. literally one of the pillars for longevity is community. So why strip yourself from that? Yeah, I feel like being that restrictive and I know, I'm coming from like an eating disorder. Yeah. Like I know how restrictive it feels to not be able to 
eat anything, restrict every single food, like go out and be like, oh, I don't eat this. And I get like a sad salad because that's the only healthy thing. So coming from that sort of mindset, I knew that recovering from an eating disorder was going to mean to be more open. So you have to find that balance because it is important. Like it's important to have a healthy mindset when you're into this lifestyle. Absolutely. I love where this conversation has gone. I feel that people are going to listen to this episode and feel so inspired and encouraged to really keep living this kind of lifestyle, but maybe allowing themselves a bit more grace when things don't go as planned or when you're out of the home and you're maybe exposed to things. So I really do hope that everyone listening is is finding inspiration in this episode. Ari is such an inspiration to me and is you are just such a great podcast producer. It's been super fun having you on the other side, the camera side, the front facing side of things. Usually yeah. you're behind the scenes. I think we'll definitely have to do another one of these down the road. And again, thank you so much, Ari. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This was like a super fun conversation. We have to do this again. I love talking about health and wellness. And I feel like with you, I have the space to do that. So yeah, thank you. And then final note, please tell everyone where they can find you. I forgot to mention that. So you can find me on Instagram. We can link it on the show notes. It's just Aranza Zero. I have to change that to make it easier, but we'll link it on the show notes. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.